it's a flu. It's a flu and viruses are strong. And that's why it would be great to have people that believe in ev- evolution handling this situation because uh, <laughs> evolutionary <laughs> biology is probably going to play a role. But sadly, you know, that's not what we have. <laughs> All right, what's up, everybody? It's Flagship Friday. It's Crypto Basic Podcast. I don't know, flag. I got to stop calling it Flagship Friday because sometimes it comes out on Saturday, sometimes it doesn't come out at all. But whatever, it's the big Crypto Basic News show that we do around once a week, most of the time. And we're here. It's going to be Friday, the twenty eighth of February. Normally would be the last day in February, but not this year. We're going. We're getting an extra day. How you guys doing this morning? It's Brent Philbin. I'm here with Kareem Baruch and Adam Levy. Hey. Yeah. Thanks for that flawless intro, Brent. I appreciate it. Definitely had no flaws whatsoever, nor would I admit it if it did. And <laughs> I think we've had some fun. I want to talk about a little update on a previous, two previous episodes, actually. Update on a previous episode, the cost.io situation where we had the red flags going crazy. Um, they were supposed to be offline for three weeks, which was pretty obnoxious. That was about seven weeks ago. Yeah, they're still not up. So, and they have no plans to be up. Even the guy who was kind of being a jerk to me that was like part of the community is starting to show like the cracks where he's like, oh man, I don't know if this is, this is ever coming back on. So sorry, cost holders, another one bites the dust. And I don't think that they are coming back to life anytime soon. They got their exit scam and they enjoyed it all right so that's a little recap and now it's time to get rapid oh yeah we're getting rapid today rapid with me adam levy so the first topic is with cz talking about craig wright and it's just a quick one he basically just says he claims to be the founder of bitcoin you know, and uh, which is a lie. That's what he said, like in a quote. And he's just like, he hurts credibility of Bitcoin and it's a disgrace to the entire industry. Uh, you know, this is just a real quick one. There wasn't much in the article besides that, uh, but. Should be a shot I mean, fired. I oh, like please. It. Oh, yeah. So it was my shots fired. I didn't oh. look at the. I, I even said before we got on the episode, guys, I got a shots fired today. And it goes deeper. So I went into the responses. And uh, it, it basically he was retweeting a thing from before and see if you guys remember this one. He said, Craig, Craig Wright is a fraud, etc. And then he goes, I rarely called anyone out with exceptions on Chinese social media. I called F coin a pyramid scheme in mid 2018. Their founder called his own plan a better invention than Bitcoin that did it for me who would say such things about themselves. And this was all the same kind of tweet chain. And I was like, wait, F coin. So Fcoin was a coin that we released an episode about calling it a scam, right? Like a long time ago, we called it the Fcoin scam at 101 or whatever, right? They are they were a crypto exchange that adopted trans fee mining model, the transaction fee mining, and they just paused all trading about 10 days ago uh, and revealed uh, after they showed that they didn't have the $130 million in funds that they said they had. So the F coin scam apparently was going on all this time. I never looked back into it, but it, it is a, it is in fact 
finally an exit scam and they did that last week so yeah i thought it was i thought it was already exited when we were talking about it and it was still in it was such an obvious scam that i just like wrote it off after it happened right but i wanted to bring it up because anytime i see an opportunity to say i told you so (laughs) you know in like take it in podcasts i'm gonna take it so yeah there there was just another one of our episodes that we devoted to a scam that was correct so far, we've only devoted three full episodes of scams, I think, where we did, uh, well, there are multiple on the substratum scam, and then we did the Fcoin scam, and we did the costs.io red flags. The only one that we haven't been proven right on yet so far is our warning about Tether. So we'll see how that comes to fruition as far as entire episodes that were dedicated to things. So sorry, Adam, I completely ruined your chance at making this rapid fire because of a shots fired that I thought we were going to be able to talk yeah, about. Yeah, but, but I mean, really, this is shots fired. I should have just, you know, it's okay. Those shots were fired semi rapidly. Yes, so I, I wonder if uh, Craig Wright's going to sue him now because he he said he's lying, which is the same as saying he's a fraud. Is that enough to get him sued? You know, I don't know. He's a sue god. He just he just sues everyone, anyone in his in his wake. Uh, Maybe now so, that he's starting to lose some lawsuits, though, he might slow down. It might not be as yeah. much fun after you yeah. lose a couple. It's got to be interesting to be the lawyer like for Craig Wright. That's an interesting. Oh, wait, it's that guy. Isn't it that guy who used to be accused like, involved with Calvin Iron, used to be involved with poker? Stuart, something I mentioned him once in the podcast a while back. And I can't remember. Stuart Hoger, I think. I don't know. I don't know. But so engine. The coin that that we we've done a one on one for it. It's it's been around. It's definitely involved, deeply involved in gaming. You guys, uh, we've minted some coins on Engine. Apparently, we're in the top yeah, one hundred Patreon members. Was it one of the top one hundred coins ever minted? Wasn't there like a number that like I thought I thought I read in the Discord that there was a number that we were like one. It was something where it was like saying like, oh, this is number what the coin minted. Like I agree with Adam. Like, I'm pretty sure that our coin like, is top specific, 100 something. Yeah, not yeah, specific definitely top coins, 100 something. Not specific coins, like like individual coins, but like types of ERC 1155s uh, minted. I don't know. We we do have the Patreon coins, and I was looking at those. I sent them to a, one of the new Patreons the other day, and we had a new coin that was in our wallet in the blockchain legacy. It was. We were blockchain legacy badge number 143. Oh, 143. I don't okay. know what that means uh, at all, but there's only 318 of that token, and we were sent one of them for something that we did. So I don't know what it, we're in the there. Yeah, that's us, I guess. Cool. <laughs> all right. Well, their long awaited mainnet has gone live on the Ethereum blockchain. Seems some people were thinking that Engine was going to use a different coin or move and use their own, but no, they're on Ethereum, and I'm kind of pumped. I like Engine. I've liked them uh, pretty much from the start, and it's. I mean, this is just a big step for you know game developers, and now pretty much you can mint. I mean, they they started the ERC eleven fifty five token, which is kind of cool. So Engine's done a lot for the space already. There's been over 2,500 projects that have been using that token on the testnet version. And I don't know. Do you guys have anything to say about uh, Engine? 
I've always been like I've always liked the engine. I've liked following it. I think their wallet's super clean, and uh, yeah, it's a pretty cool little project. So the more it can get involved in gaming, the better. Gaming is the primary example of digital currencies that existed before Bitcoin, and I think that there's definitely some overlap between two. I'm excited to see it. Definitely. And then the engine CEO was quoted saying, "Just mint it." In the press release, they oh, just God. love minting. And- Never mind. I take it all back. <laughs> I take it all back. <laughs> so, Lionel Messi and FC Barcelona. Uh, Brent, I don't know if you know that, but that's a, uh, a soccer team in uh, Barcelona. Adam. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, actually, I think it's football in, uh, in Spain. If we want, if we want, really want to go that technical route. Lawyered, but uh, yeah, Kareem Kareem shake nods his head. I don't know if you, you might as well defend for the listeners. Right? That was, yep. <laughs> you know, that was about on par with his lawyering team. All right, so FC Barcelona is set to have its own token for over three hundred million fans worldwide. And you remember, uh, we've actually mentioned him on the podcast. It's Alexander Dreyfus, the guy who used to do the uh, Hendon Mob. He's he like or not Hendon Mob uh, Global Poker Index. And okay. he ran the like poker league and he also um, he does the global poker awards and stuff. Well, he he took he kind of stepped away from poker about three or four years ago and has been working on this project. He's the CEO of Chili's. There used to be like a Chili's poker a while back, but not Chili's like. No. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. Not an interesting crossover. Yeah, it is. C-H-I-L-I-Z, not apostrophe S. And he said in the interview that uh, from the block crypto.com, Dreyfus said it took 17 months for the deal to close and they basically partnered up. So the thing is, is that you can, I I think Juventus kind of popped up in the news a few months ago where you could actually vote to see what the players danced after scoring a goal. (laughs) <laughs> and this is kind of like that's that's what socios like, like I, is kind of um, I'm not sure like what the difference is between Chili's or socios. I know that they're both affiliated with Dreyfus. And I think that's kind of like it's like more of like a let's use this a token so that we can vote on, you know, fun things like like that. Like, like the XFL is missing an opportunity here for the end zone dance votes. I don't know. Have you been watching the XFL? Is it good? So I watched like one XFL episode that while I was playing poker. So I was watching it and there were like fights on the field. So that was cool. Apparently they mic everybody up. So you can hear like with the refs talking <laughs> about the, the plays. You can hear like the coaches calling plays and all that stuff. That's yeah. interesting. It, yeah. it was it was uh, the football being played is it looks like worse football in college. But there are some like really cool things about it. Like there's it's more action oriented but not in the more dangerous action oriented way that they tried to do the xfl the first time so i i ended up putting it on for like 10 minutes the first weekend and in that those 10 minutes a lineman got a penalty they interviewed the guy for getting a penalty how he got it and then the lineman just cursed on abc like they couldn't, they didn't, it, they didn't believe it out or anything. And then a few minutes later, the field goal kicker missed the kicker missed a field goal. And then they interviewed him. And they were like, how, how do you feel after missing this? And he's just like, I mean, 
It's just kind of hilarious. Imagine if maybe it's this- great. I don't know. I also saw live betting lines coming up in the middle of the game. Like I wasn't listening to it, but I saw like one. The original line for the game was there. It was like minus ten and a half, and then it was like three quarters in. They're like, if you want to bet now, this is what it costs. To, That's to, funny to bet on each team. It was kind of cool. Anyway, why are we talking about football when we were talking about football? <clears throat> nice, easy mistake on a to crypto make. Podcast. Jesus, I was just uh, curious. So now we're moving on to our favorite twins from the social network, the Winklevoss twins. And I honestly can't even think of any other twins that are like, I'm not, I don't really have I'm, any favorite I'm, twins. I love the Olsen twins. You know, I'm going to, they're, fair enough. they're a great train wreck. You know, Taking you saw them from Wholesome to Lindsay oh, Lohan okay. all the way. So yeah, they, the Gemini custody, which is, you know, the, like basically um, Coinbase, you know the same thing. I didn't really know Gemini had a custody also. And for people who don't know, Gemini is another exchange like Coinbase out there, but I think it's like lesser known, even though it's a plastered on buses around the country. I stopped using them when they started doing weird shit. I remember back in the day they closed CryptoCanders account for like with no explanation, no reason, and it was I don't know. I, I stopped using them entirely at that point. Yeah. Well, do you guys remember Filecoin? No. Yeah. So apparently in 2017, there was this $257 million ICO that was never available to the public. And it was done through, or it was done through CoinList. And it had a $52 million presale that had Andreessen Horowitz, Sequoia, Sequoia Capital, and other, you know, venture funds in it. Well, it's not out yet, but. They're going to. I guess it's uh, better than coming out and going bust. <laughs> well, apparently, I mean, it's it's a data storage network and a blockchain data storage network. And honestly, I remember it having a lot of hype. Uh, I just kind of forgot about it because it was in like because it, it never became a coin, you know, on coin market cap or anything like that. But they are uh, Gemini Custody's adding it soon and they might be able to trade and it's just been i mean it's crazy that a coin that ico in 2017 that was completely private for that sum of money is not out yet and uh yeah i think that's interesting it's also kind of funny because gemini has like three coins they have bitcoin ethereum and they have g coin or something like zcash Oh, oh and they have their own like uh stable coin too yeah i don't remember what that is but i mean i mean whatever i guess i haven't been keeping up on winklevi news so there's there's a chance that they added more coins and i wasn't paying attention yeah so the simpsons just had a an episode that that featured cryptocurrency or didn't feature but it talked about cryptocurrency and blockchain on admittedly i have not seen it but i watched the clip it was kind of dumb it it you know those like educational videos of like the 1990s, yeah, where they try to like educate you on something by making the thing they're educating you about into like a person, but lo- it looks like you know like if they're educating you on a water bottle, it'd be like, like oh, on, on Capitol yeah. Hill, like how to pass yeah. a bill. I'm a bill. Yes, on that Capitol, exactly. Yeah. It was in that vein, and it was uh, the Bitcoin blockchain was a book. It was a ledger. And there was a point when it was getting written in, and it was like, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> and it didn't really do any. Ex- it didn't really explain what Bitcoin was very well. The gag was that like the guy thought he was cool, but he was still a super nerd. 
I think the guy from Big Bang Theory played uh, the voice. Yeah, they they also said at the bottom of the thing, like there was like a screenshot. They said they know who Satoshi is on on The Simpsons. But they also made the claim, I'm not super popular right now, but I'm getting more popular every day. And therefore, my value is going up and it's going to continue to go up or something similar. So they basically predicted Bitcoin will continue to get more valuable. (laughs) This, yeah, that that's kind of what the article says. But this is very this now. I I do need to watch. It's only this like a minute and a half long. It's not yeah, that long of a watch. But it just seems like a very weird episode. And uh, I guess that's it for the rapid fire. As usual, not so rapid. But Brent, do you want to talk to us about a little bit about wild foods? Got a great segue here, boys. It's wild foods time. Wild foods time. We're going to be talking about wild foods, and we're going to be even talking about the platform that wild foods is on. Give us a second. But Wild Foods just released their keto bar. It's a delicious item. It's very low carb. Get little individual things on the go. You can get a bunch of them. Wildfoods.co. They're amazing. Great ingredients. Clean ingredients. More importantly, it's got uh, it. The flavor is almond cocoa flavor. It's ridiculously good. It uses some of uh, Wild Foods already ingredients that you can get, like cocoa butter that you can put in your coffee. Stuff is delicious. Uh, or you could even you don't want a keto bar, you can go to Wild Foods, grab the Cocotropic mix, which uses mushrooms and cocoa to give you a little boost in your morning coffee. Go to wildfoods.co, use the code CryptoBasic12 for 12% off that order. And going into Kareem's story here, we built Wild Foods on Shopify. So continue, Kareem. Ah, well... Brent, I do have a Shopify story here, and it turns out that Shopify has joined the Facebook Libra Association. Um, This was interesting. Of course, last time we talked about Libra, guys, the big news was that a couple of people had left. A couple of the big companies that were their partners had decided to back away from the project. That was Visa. That was eBay. That was Stripe. This is the first time I've heard of anybody joining. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was obviously a very big win. And I wasn't super familiar with Shopify. But when I went to go look at their website and stuff, they are built more for businesses, right, Brent? So it's more to like uh, market products and stuff like that. Almost all of the kind of like mom and pop cool stuff that you might buy, like a notebook or thing you have on your wall with the scratch off maps. Yeah. If you didn't buy that on Amazon, you probably bought that on a Shopify store. So most of the e-commerce brands that launch, launch on Shopify. They are by far the biggest market but, share. But usually as a customer, you're interacting with the personal brand of the company, not yeah, like you don't the know Shopify, Shopify portal. Okay, portal, right. Okay. But once you look at a few Shopify sites, you'll start to recognize, like like you can recognize you know the Squarespace site. Right. You'll right. see like, oh, this is probably a Shopify site. So I wanted to know how big Shopify was or how big of an acquisition this was. Uh, looked at their last top line numbers, let's say, and their revenue was $1.5 billion. Their net profit was minus $0.1 billion. Uh, They're losing money, but hey, Amazon yeah. lost money for a long time. We That's know that things standard. are complicated, right? That you don't pay taxes. <laughs> right, right, right. And the company has total assets three billion dollars 5000 employees pretty big company so what does this association uh mean 
well, we're not just talking about a, some kind of tacit approval like, yeah, we think Libra will be cool and you can use our logo. No, they're going to be running a node. And remember, all of the companies that run nodes on the Libra network have to contribute at least $10 million towards the development and operation of the Libra project. So why did Shopify do this? It appears... I know. I mean, they were pretty clear that their main incentive here is trying to find a way to process transactions without having to pay credit card fees. This goes mm-hmm. both for them and for the businesses on their platform. Kind right? of a small company for the uh, for Libra. It seems three billion seems a kind three, of like a relative like three small. billion. Yeah, I don't know. It seems like a pretty good size company. Well, I mean, it's a, a good company. sized company. It's just, I'm not like, I mean, we're talking about PayPal and all these other ones that now left, but it seems like, you know, uh, most of the ones that joined it initially were a lot bigger than that. That's all. Most of the ones that said they probably would join it originally were True. a lot bigger. And True. then they were like, ah, never mind. <laughs> we're good. But yeah, and so, look, yeah, Shopify does all the payment processing too. So you don't use like Square or anything like that. They are a payment processor. Right. And that has a lot of potential. And when it yeah. comes to these, like, it's so complicated to, to analyze some of these new industries because it's kind of like when you look at YouTube and you realize, okay, nobody could do YouTube because YouTube's losing money. Uh, but you can't just say that YouTube is losing money and assume that, oh, then it's not a good business. Like, clearly, YouTube has a total lockdown on a particular market they're going to be a monopoly they are Amazon lost business for yeah. like five years straight or something right and no, they were just it was longer than that they yeah. just kept like like buying up yeah uber's losing business but i mean my well, uber's different maybe but right so the fact that what brent is saying here that you know if you're not buying on amazon you're buying directly from a business site there's a good chance you're using them could be a big name you know and and it's it's a good acquisition for Facebook. So what does this association entail? Well, they're going to become a validator node on the Libra network. They get one vote on the Libra Association Council. And they also would earn dividends on interest earned when Libra has a reserve. At They're basically going to have a treasury. So interest earned on that get distributed amongst the shareholders proportional to their investment. Um, of course... Libra still has a long way to go. They are facing an uphill battle here in the U.S. And some places it's even worse. Uh, here's a quote from the French finance minister, Bruno Le Marie. <laughs> you guys see how I said that? <laughs> wow, well like? done. Yeah. Yeah. Did, well, you, did you cheat? And you, I, I don't know. I feel like Kareem. Oh, well, I mean, your last name is kind of, you know, Baruch. Yeah, it's, Got it's, like, yeah, it's pretty much French. I'm 12% French, clearly. So anyway, the uh, this is his quote. Jeez, Pierre. The monetary sovereignty of countries is at stake from a possible privatization of money. And I'm, I'm going to say this part as he would say it to dramatize it. We cannot authorize the development of Libra on European soil. Damn. Yeah. Green's he's taking acting classes, yeah. everything. This yeah. Is, well... We're really upgrading here on the crypto. Let's not all fawn over me at once and focus on the story. (laughs) No, but seriously, guys. So the EU is not having it. Uh, U.S. Congress is, you know, it's kind of pretty easy to pick on Libra for both conservatives and Democrats. So this is a win for Libra, no doubt about it. But they still have a long way to go. Let me tell you about Shopify's decision making process. Okay, as much as I just said that they've got a lot of the market share. Just about four days ago, I received an email from Shopify 
to the Crypto Basic Podcast email that said they will not be accepting our application to be an affiliate. I thought that might be kind of a cool revenue stream. And they said no. So obviously, they're morons. So think about that when you're thinking about how this story applies. So Brent's bitter, but I am... I don't know. I'm not bitter. But so I just saw that another company named Tagomi actually joined Libra as well. And they only have a 20, they only have 28 million in their business. So, <laughs> so I take right, it well, back. Gave Libra 50%. That's fine. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. So I, I take it back. They gave them a good, you know, a couple percent of their. Yeah. 1.5 billion yearly revenue is pretty hefty yeah. hefty hefty so, actually, yeah no i'm i'm sorry i thought that it was like uh not for some reason in my head i thought that was like total net worth not or total worth of you, you know, know i think i know what you mean which is at least i feel like i do stock market valuations are absurdity sometimes just like cryptocurrency valuations are so you know you hear about these companies that are all just i mean how much what was was I don't want to go on a whole nother tangent, but wasn't WeWork supposed to be like, oh, we're billions? And it turns out yeah. like, oh yeah. my God, you guys are worth nothing, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, like Apple Trillion, it's easy to sometimes just forget that there's just like, you can still be a billion dollar company and that's pretty freaking successful or a billion dollar revenue. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, cool. So I think this is actually, that's, so they were the 21st, you said, or... I don't know. Either way, this is the twenty second no. to go me. So and that's a crypto. Has anyone actually startup. sent them the money yet? That, that I don't know. Matters until they actually get their ten million dollars. When somebody actually gives it to them, then we'll start worrying. Fair yeah. enough. <laughs> In the meantime, speaking of people who are worried about millions of dollars, I've got a little story to tell. A cryptocurrency whale who had thirty million dollars in Bitcoin cash. Why is this guy's holding thirty million dollars in Bitcoin cash? That's, that's number one. Uh, he, he got hacked, uh, you know, maybe he, so he like went to Twitter or on Reddit, sorry, and started asking the miners and Roger Veer to roll the chain back to solve his hack. He's like, come on guys, please give me my money back, which, you know, that's, I guess there's been scenarios before we know, we know Ethereum did fork to fix a hack in the past that affected one foundation, but not one person. But uh, this guy got hacked in a SIM swap. So <laughs> I'm going to put this in perspective here. I've been SIM swapped twice. People have gotten a total, grand total of zero fucking dollars of my cryptocurrency. They've made my life a living hell as far as like doing anything with my phone. But they have not gotten any cryptocurrency. They've not gotten any dollars from me. I am not an expert on security. I, am, I just take it a little bit more seriously than the average person, right? This guy was a security pundit. He would be on Twitter talking about how to make security changes. One of the ones that he thought should be implemented about six years ago was that uh, companies who have exchanges, when you sign up, should require you to put your your cash out address and you can never change it. And that was his solution for the people that have been getting hacked, right? Cash out. So, there, there's other there's other things where people are kind of idiots or saying he's an idiot. Sorry, not people are people are idiots, but this guy in particular, they're saying he's kind of an idiot. Obviously, so so one of two things is happening here: either he's doing the fake I got hacked thing so he can get out of taxes or whatever, or or like tell somebody he owes a bunch of money to that he can't pay them, or he actually did get hacked somehow. 
via a SIM swap, which means he had enough data that could be retrieved on his phone. So it was either in Google Docs or it was like sitting on an app on there somewhere that somebody who got a hold of his SIM card with a little bit of resetting passwords and two-factor authentication could get his private keys, which is obnoxious for that kind of money. So he uh, the, the hackers then immediately started transferring that money out. It's out there. It's already gone through coin mixers and everything. So it's gone. And he did not get his chain rollback as he wanted. So it's just a little <laughs> bit of a cautionary tale. Most people would think that the lesson here is don't hold that kind of money on your phone so that it can get hacked, which is it's definitely a lesson. But we can take this one step further. We don't even need to go level two on this. Step one, don't hold $30 million in Bitcoin cash. Then <laughs> once, the, we've, once we've started on that, we can start to figure out whether you, where you should be holding you're not $30 million that you're holding in Bitcoin cash. Yeah, man. And, and you know what it is, too? It's like it's it's about expectations because part of the appeal of having money on Bitcoin is that you can move it around, right? And then you can move around really big sums of money very easily. Like you couldn't transfer $10 million worth of, big, of let's say, gold or cash easily. And with Bitcoin, you can. But like there's an extent where that comes with the trade-off that if it can be moved super easily – then, then that it means can it can be stolen easily. super easily. Exactly. There's no, there's that, that's not just a problem with the technology. That's inherently the new dynamic that you created. It can now be moved easily. So mm-hmm. if you want to have that much wealth somewhere that it can be moved super easily, you know what I mean? Like it's, uh, I'm, I mean, generally, if you get into someone's bank account, it can be moved super easily too. You know, no, it's like, yeah, but the one. bank camera can, oh, it's going to be pretty tough for you to pull that off. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah, you, the bank you, has yeah. custody. Right, a big transfer like a like a thirty million dollar yeah, right. transfer would flagged. cost tons of money, and it would take a long time to get through. You couldn't it, that would have enough time. If this guy caught it like almost instantly, so it, he would have been able to reverse it if that was a, actually a bank. Yeah, you know, and listen, if if word got out, it's kind of a silly example, but if word got out that this guy had like a thirty million dollar heirloom in his home that he kept, like some historical thing or whatever. And it was just left there, like the probability of him getting broken in. You know, they would also invest a ton of security in protecting him because it's too much value that you can move around easily. Yeah. yeah. I find it funny that Whale in poker is like a rich guy, a rich person who just is like, he's not good at poker and he's going to give it away. And you're just coming back because he's just got so much of the money. And Whale in crypto doesn't necessarily mean that. It's like Whale in crypto is just monetary. It's not, it doesn't imply like splashing in this around case, with the money it's like kind it of a poker uh term <laughs> yeah oh, all right anyway so that's that's that what before we get into this next thing what have you guys done to prepare for the coronavirus um, um i'm washing my hands more yeah. thoroughly and trying not to touch my face that's Think, what I'm, thinking about I'm going into a, a bunker somewhere uh in the well, middle of the other side <laughs> of that extreme so I, I I've been following just this. I, the next story is on coronavirus. We're going to talk about that, but I just wanted to talk about kind of what I've been looking at with this stuff, right? Because we were thinking we were not thinking we were going to go to Thailand in April, but we're not doing that anymore. Um, but we're also I'm looking at this, and I'm you've got two extremes. You've got people who are saying this is like a weaponized virus from the CIA, and you've got people that are saying this is stupid. It's not going anywhere. 
and it, it, it's dumb. It's not doing anything. The the truth lies somewhere in the middle, and I will tell you guys what I've actually done to kind of mitigate this if anything ever happens. And you can tell me if I'm crazy or not. Uh, I went ahead and I did buy masks, uh, the N95 versions that can actually filter out the particulates. Even though I know that the mask thing isn't necessarily, it's more about not touching your not mouth spreading. than it is. Yeah. Uh, and and yes, if you actually had it, it's more about not spreading it outward. So I, I grabbed the masks. They're not available anywhere. You, I got gouged on them. I think I 15 masks was like 80 bucks or something. Wow. Yeah. Um, normally, they're, they're, the 15 masks would still be like like 50 bucks. They're about $3 a piece. But they're, yeah, they're a little bit gougy right now. But you can't buy like masks on Amazon anywhere. The The second thing that I did was I grabbed 100 pounds of rice and a bunch of peanut butter because I don't carry I don't hold a lot of food in my house. And what I do is meat so it could spoil pretty quickly. And my thought is if it does get like anywhere near what it is in Wuhan, obviously society's not going to break down. We're going to have running water. We're going to have electricity like everything's going to be fine. But I may be in a situation where leaving the house for a month is a bad idea. Mm-hmm. In which case, I would like to have provisions here that I can use. So, I don't know. I just figure, what do you guys have thoughts on that? Um. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead, Adam. You can... I'm worried, but it's it's not like I haven't prepared necessarily like you have yet. I think that it's probably a good <laughs> idea. Uh, but I feel like I've been in enough hurricane prep to realize that people don't prep in hardly enough like as early as they should. So I feel like if things actually do become a little worse in my area, California, uh, then I can just kind of like very quickly kind of prepare. Uh, that said, um, it, I hope it's not going to affect the U S but I've, it really feels like there are too many, I've seen too many smart people or people that I consider to be smart on, on Twitter, uh coming out and posting about this saying that either they're worried or they do think i saw one person say uh that it was going to be 50 like half the population was just gonna somehow have it at the end of i mean listen this guy has been at the like he's he's it's vinay gupta He's always he's been right a lot about stuff in the past regarding the future and he's in crypto and i feel like he's been very like I Wait, was isn't very that surprised the guy that we met at South by Southwest last year. My yeah, that that was Vinny Gupta. That's okay, well, actually, that guy's smart. So <laughs> that's what I'm out. saying. It's like all right, all, so, and, and it's it's like throw me off. All right, so a couple of things. I'll share what I have read up on it. Not saying that it's like a particular source of authority, right? Um, but I've seen a couple of things on this. Number one is the majority of populations don't have to worry that much because I mean. What we're dealing with is a new virus that doesn't have like a more higher deadliness than the traditional flu. But the problem is that the flu is already priced into our society. We're already dealing with the traditional effects of something like the flu. So this is a new a new strain that is not necessarily more dangerous, but because it's rapidly spreading, it just creates a different situation. But most of the people that are dying or actually hospitalized are vulnerable populations, elderly pregnant women, right? As far as the actual spread of it, though, it does look like we're in trouble because 
the incubation period is so long and it can spread um, with no symptoms. That's with no symptoms, exactly. And it's already started to spread in enough countries that they basically take it for granted. Uh, the CDC, the US representative of the CDC or something like that, I want to say, basically, no, he was put in charge of controlling the situation. Yeah, I'll, I'm not going to go into <laughs> much of a rant that our current government... Um, Whatever. They are only political, so they don't really care about expertise. So the people who are in charge right now uh, are not the people that we would want in charge of this. But it is going to spread. And my understanding of it is it's going to be not as bad as some people think from a health perspective, but also worse than people think from an economic perspective. Because from a health perspective, it's kind of like a flu, like we said, right? Like if you were to catch it, which... Hopefully, you can prevent by using good hygiene, washing your hands a lot, maybe avoiding some public places is the best you could do. But even if you catch it, not a super high mortality, lots of people recovering, especially when they have Western medicine and good resources. But this is why it's going to be a major problem. Number one, supply chains being disrupted. We've got three or four days right now of the S&P 500 getting smashed. Um, You have in Japan, they just closed down all public schools for a week. In Italy, they're clearing out supermarkets, right? And Tokyo big, Mar- or Tokyo Marathon got canceled, and the Olympics are in jeopardy. And here's the big problem in the U.S. that we're going to have. That it's actually worse off. And I'm not trying to sneak in my lefty politics here, but I'm just going to be real. In the United States, it's really expensive to go see a doctor, so a lot of people are not going to go get checked. Right? We had a kid that got here from China who lives in Miami, went to the hospital to get checked to make sure that he wasn't spreading. He wasn't, but his insurance declined the testing. So now he's stuck with a seven, $8,000 bill. So throughout the entire country, we have the situation that even for a very mild thing, not like a brain surgery, but even just to go see the doctor and have him test you, it's thousands of dollars for us. And most people can't afford thousands of dollars, which means we're not going to get good preventative care, which means that I think the United States is going to face a serious financial wave hit. And it is going to spread and we should be kind of prepared, but it's also not like a zombie pandemic, like death virus that's spreading from the CIA. You know, it's a, uh, it's a flu, it's a flu and viruses are strong. And that's why it would be great to have people that believe in evolution handling this situation because uh, (laughs) evolutionary (laughs) biology is probably going to play a role, but sadly, you know, that's not what we have. (laughs) Uh, But it did see, Oh, I just realized that this isn't even though I it had we had it listed as a story, there's nothing under it. I, I expected this to be the prelude to the story. No, that's there's nothing I was, written there. I was so like, let's just talk. You're the one that wrote it in there. You didn't put anything in for it? No, I, I didn't write I, it. I, I, Who wrote I that? put it in there, but oh. I Brent Brent just like didn't <laughs> click on he hasn't I just never clicked the down there. We used the outlines, for, Brent. Wow. Jesus. Okay. No, anyway, so yeah. I'm glad that was the, uh, we prefaced that. Anyway, Technically, the next story is regarding the coronavirus, which you could have just rolled into. Yeah. No, well, Kareem put it right into the financial markets. It looked like it had a positive effect on Bitcoin, which is, I don't know. If it, it I, was, think, I think the past few days have been uh, negative. But Guys, great transition. This is a really good opportunity for transition, believe it or not. Oh, all right. Skirt. Skirt. No, this is... So Vitalik actually referenced this exact situation. There was a tweet that he sent out, and it was essentially a story from early in the month when Bitcoin was blowing up, 
that said, here's why the coronavirus is good for Bitcoin. And then a story from the last few days that was explaining why the coronavirus uh, is the reason that Bitcoin is tanking. Uh, And he basically says, just your daily reminder that 95% plus of articles of the forum event X will make crypto go up or down are just post hoc rationalized bullshit. So, you know, great point by uh, Vitalik there. That is usually the case. It's hard to understand these markets. Uh, And somebody responded and got some traction. Have you guys heard of the stock to flow model? No. No. All right. So we don't really talk about price that much, guys, but this was kind of interesting. So I wanted to play around with it. It's apparently very popular. It's a model that was that is normally used with certain precious metals. And somebody applied it to Bitcoin to try to understand its valuation. Now, somebody presented this to Vitalik basically saying, hey, Vitalik, what about this? And Vitalik's like, no, nah, that's bullshit too. But I want to give you guys, just kind of present it to you and some of the size of the arguments, right? This is an extremely bullish model that has BTC going up to like $100,000 at some point between 2021 and 2024. And the stock to flow ratio. High enough to save McAfee. <laughs> the stock to flow ratio is used to essentially evaluate the current stock of a commodity, the total amount that is in circulation available versus the flow of new production every year. So stock to flow is a measure of scarcity. To give you guys an idea, gold has the highest stock to flow ratio. It's a flow ratio of 62 because it would take 62 years at the current production of gold to reach the current level of gold in circulation, right? Okay. Um, Silver has a ratio of 22. And Bitcoin has a ratio of 27 right now. It would take 27 years at the current rate to have the current uh, uh, ratio. So what's really interesting about the model, though, guys, is that it has worked pretty well up until now. And that's a very big caveat. So do you guys see this drop down that I have here where it says Bitcoin stock to flow? There's a little drop down. I added a picture. Yeah, it looks pretty. Uh I added a picture of the chart itself, which looks at the halvings, and you guys can see that the average price predicted by the model very closely mirrors what the way that Bitcoin has actually behaved up until now. So, but the criticism of a model like this is how could you even attempt to figure out the price of something without taking into account demand at all? Because the stock to flow ratio is only looking at supply. Remember, just like silver, just like gold, we're only looking at the supply. So some of the criticisms would say, like, for example, Joe Weisenthal, he's with Bloomberg um, Market Analysis. And he says, if you believe that there's some mathematical relationship between the supply of new coins and the price of new coins and the price of the coin, then you have to explain how the supply of new coins changes people's preference to hold BTC. Or basically, to put it another way, even if the demand, even if the supply of BTC goes down, what happens if nobody wants Bitcoin, right? Okay. Yet, when they look at the models, this I have to emphasize, like it it does mirror the model. The price action does, even though it gets very exponential at certain points, you can see that there is a pattern there, and 
I guess the reason I wanted to bring it up, guys, is because this stock to flow model with silver, with gold, and with uh, platinum, I guess it assumes that the demand will be there. It doesn't really put a lot of work into figuring out how much demand there will be because there's an assumption that there will always be demand for that precious metal. And in a way, I feel like applying the stock to flow ratio here for Bitcoin, you're not taking into account demand and you might be getting lucky with Bitcoin because Bitcoin does have a demand. But like you couldn't apply that to, let's say, Tron, could you? Right. I don't know. Like, does it, whatever the supply of Tron, it'll always go up. Could you apply that to BitConnect now that it's defunct? <laughs> right. Like, like how yeah, do they're, we. They're assuming some sort of demand. They're, they're assuming some sort of demand for something. Could it, could it apply to rice? I like, I don't know. And at least you know that demand, you have to assume that demand is going to be constant or something. And it's just interesting, guys. This is one of those things that it could either be the correct way to look at Bitcoin and predicting incredible price action, or one of those things that works until it doesn't because it's like inevitably leading to a, I don't know how to explain it, but you know what I'm saying? Like here, it's It's like a reverse martingale. As long as you always double your bet, you're going to make money until it doesn't. Exactly. (laughs) In that case, you Do you think the that these these charts and markets are factoring in something random like a coronavirus outbreak? You know, like I, no, I guess Black uns- Swan can never be in can never be factored in. Well, yeah, that's why I feel like using a chart. It's like, yeah, like I saw something uh, on one of the subreddits saying Ethereum to five k. Here's why. It's like cool, but. Coronavirus, I think, like it's just going to have an impact on the economy that we can. We, the people like you're like Vitalik saying, "Hey, yeah, like there, it's a lot of this BS where it's it's saying, oh yeah, it's going to go up because of this, but we really don't know. It could, but it could also completely tank because you know people are just like, I need physical dollars right now to pay for my mask. I don't know. We don't know yet. So it seems like." I get yeah. the stock to flow, but it's hard to factor in things like this. It's no, interesting. Yeah. It, it's a bull indicator, guys. <laughs> it's definitely a bull <laughs> indicator. And look, I'm, first of all, in general, I'm super skeptical of any type of try to predicting uh, price assets. But for some reason, I am more open the wider view we take, right? Like yes. anybody trying to predict what's going to happen in six months, super skeptical. Somebody trying to to discuss a general... 10-year outlook, even though it's harder to predict because there's more variables, maybe some things uh, can stay more into like a big picture line. I don't know. This is something, it's interesting. It's flowing around the technical analysis charts and things of that nature. Not something we subscribe to. We do believe in the value of Bitcoin. But I guess the main reason I included this story is because it's worth reminding ourselves that we don't really know how to value this asset and that there are people arguing different ways of valuing the asset and coming up with models and people disagreeing and coming up with very good reasons why you shouldn't take them into account, you know? Yeah. It's going to be hard. Maybe we should start a price show. That'll be fun. (laughs) No. No, let's not do that. All right. Uh, Let's see. Let's, uh, Let's round up the Bitcoin... Or I'm sorry, the Warren Buffett interview. What? Which so did you guys cover? Dip- did you guys cover this a few uh, weeks? Because I missed I missed an episode, so I was just curious. But we missed that episode too. We didn't. Uh, do okay. It. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was busy moving last week, and uh, literally on Thursday, and then things just got kind of uh, out of hand. But I'm back, new fresh place, and we get to talk about Warren Buffett doing an interview with Justin Sun. You know, as the former uh, Tron boy, 
the now you know i've denounced tron the the artist formerly known as the biggest tron fan on earth (laughs) yeah adam levy uh charlie lee and yoni asia the etoro ceo attended uh this dinner lunch i forget which one it was but they and then there were a few other of uh son's cronies i feel like you gotta just call them cronies uh they are cronies i mean if they even exist Yeah. yeah they're cronies but in in the article, I mean, that I was, I mean, in the interview, he basically Buffett said, "I don't own any cryptocurrency. I never will." Actually, sorry, that was an interview that was regarding the lunch that was had, and <laughs> uh, apparently, Sun gifted Buffett some Bitcoin and Tron, which Buffett immediately gave away to the same charity foundation all uh, <laughs> that he donated awesome. four point six million dollars to, but. Obviously, Justin's son was like, no, 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 no. Buffett still has the phone that I sent him the money to, you know, so he's it's like on, on the blockchain explorer. I'm like, OK. And I guess during the CNBC interview that Buffett had with like, you know, about the, the lunch, he jokingly suggested that he could issue his own cryptocurrency called Warren currency. And then... Son then tweeted out like, "Oh, we can totally do Warren Coin on oh the Tron God. blockchain oh my without God. any monetary value. We're gonna do it." I'm sure and that convinced like, him. Great. Just like stop, please. You're just hurting me. <laughs> You're hurting everyone. Do you, do you think he actually doesn't see the sarcasm there, or that he's just so pathological in his need to turn everything into a promotion that he can't help pathological. it? Pathological. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not surprising to me. That Buffett's position on any tech is that it doesn't matter. He's never been a tech guy, ever. He's never been one of those guys that was like, oh, better buy Amazon or anything like that. That's not his MO. That's not what he does. So, like, he would already not like a new emerging technology like Bitcoin. Then he had a dinner with the worst fucking representative of the crypto space that there is. And unsurprisingly, we gave a sound worse, clip afterwards yeah. that was... Yeah. And... and, and- as much as I love my boy Buffett, let's not forget that three of his top five positions are Bank of America, Wells Fargo, and American Express, as in like tens of billions of dollars worth of that stock. So, Which are the antithesis of <laughs> what yeah. we're trying to accomplish with sovereign he, he's, money. He's ride or die fiat. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, what 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 a shocker that the most successful man of this one is uh wants to go. He's not. Yeah, he's not budging on that. Yeah. Crazy. But so honestly, Justin's son's tweets are starting to read like freaking Trump. The the last this tweet that he's talking about, he's like, he only has the Bitcoin TRX I gifted him in his Samsung at Galaxy Fold, which is a twenty percent return thus far. Like. Like he just like has to. <laughs> there is no way Warren Buffett has a Galaxy Fold. By the way, I don't know how that no, got he, in there, but he gifted. I know he much. gifted him it. Oh my god, he gave Warren Buffett a Galaxy Fold. That one's too advanced for me. <laughs> like I bought every Galaxy phone except that one. <laughs> anyway, yeah. All right, so, well, we well, guys, yeah. we're not financial advisors. Just remember, just remember that no matter what, we talked a little bit about price, but this is a hundred percent entertainment purposes only. We will be here to entertain you, but we will not be here to advise you. That's right. We That's will why be after here. we talk price, we go ba-dumps. So, you know, it's not serious. Yeah, or, or you know, make dumps. It. So ba-dumps. we will see everybody next week for either a news episode or something else. 
We'll figure it out. We'll see you then. And some questions into the mailbag. That was a good yeah, uh, time mailbag a few weeks That last one about Adam's dates was amazing. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Yeah, that could be a podcast, guys. too. All right. Have a good well, one. I'll see everyone later. Bye. Bye.